Hello and welcome to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Michael Hamilton, the Kaiju Groupie, and today is going to be a very special bonus episode for you guys. Last week, Travis and I were kind of talking on the back channel, and we decided at least until everything settles down with this coronavirus that we wanted to try to put out some bonus content for you guys to help give you a fun distraction in a time where things are a little bit uncertain and a little bit up in the air. So whether you are one of those staying at home or one of those essential employees that still has to commute back and forth to work, we want to make sure that you guys have plenty of content to keep you entertained at least, like I said, until this whole thing settles down. So possibly we're looking at some bonus material every other week or once a month or just whenever we can put it out to you guys because you know we want to give you guys as much content and entertainment uh, during this crazy time in our lives. So today I've actually got... Uh, a Q&A episode that I wanted to do. I pulled some questions from around the Kaiju community and I've got some really, really good ones. And so I hope you guys are going to enjoy that conversation and that discussion and hopefully have a little bit of fun along the way. Uh, but before I get into the main topic, I don't necessarily have a news item to share, but I do have a quick announcement. So Kaiju Weekly and the Kaiju Groupie are joining forces with some of the best giant monster content creators on the internet for a two-day riftastic movie marathon experience we're calling kaiju quarantine join us saturday april 4th and sunday april 5th at two o'clock p.m central standard time on our public discord server along with other great podcasts like gargantu cast the monster island film vault monsters vs men kaiju transmissions kaiju conversation and tokyo lives we will all be coming together over Kaiju to watch and discuss in real time some of your favorite Kaiju classics, new and old. Some of the films we'll be streaming during this event include The Black Scorpion, Invasion of Astro Monster, Raigo, King of the Sea Monsters, and so much more. You will not want to miss out on what could be the most epic event of the spring. We hope you guys can join us. Space is limited for these streams, so be sure to click the link in the show notes to join our Discord server today. We hope you guys can join us. It does sound like a ton of fun. We've been working on this for uh, a couple of weeks now. And uh, yeah, we've got a lot of great podcasters, like I said, lined up to have some really awesome discussions with you guys while we watch these films. And the great thing is, if you get tired of hearing us talk over the movie or, or listening to our commentary, you can always mute us and just enjoy the film. So that's always, always a bonus. So uh, again, that is April 4th and April 5th, starting at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, and we're going to be hosting that via a public Discord server, and that's Kaiju Quarantine. So uh, let's go ahead and get into our main topic today. Like I said, is a Q&A episode, and actually uh, our first question that I have here comes from friend of the podcast and fellow Kaiju Quarantainer, uh, Nathan Marchand of the Monster Island Film Vault podcast, and you can follow Nathan 
and all of the happenings there on the Monster Island Film Vault and Ogasawara Island uh, at Monster Isla One. That's Monster I S L A and the number one, and that's via Twitter. So he's also, I believe, Monster Monster Isla One or Monster Island Film Vault on Instagram as well. So if you go to Instagram or Twitter and just search out Monster Island Film Vault, I'm sure that you guys are going to be able to find him. Uh, but Nathan's question reads like this: Do you think uh, Godzilla vs. Kong will be delayed again with all of the coronavirus scares. Why or why not? Well, Nathan, uh, that is a great question as I take a drink of water here because my mouth is getting dry. That is a great question. Um, honestly, I can see a situation where the during the spring and the summer months, the coronavirus kind of dies out. And uh, just sort of some of the experts are expecting, you know, the virus to kind of die out a little bit during the spring and summer months. You know, warmer weather tends to kill uh, viruses uh, such as the flu and others. So they're expecting the coronavirus to kind of die out during those months. But I can also see a situation where um, it does uh, come back in a way during the fall months, starting in September, October, you know, when flu season starts to starts to pop up. Uh, I can see a situation where that happens, and if it does happen, um, I can kind of see where people during the summer months and the spring months kind of go about their, go later in the summer especially, go about their normal business. They start going back to movies. They start getting out more. Uh, they're still practicing, you know, some of that social distancing and, and some other uh, uh, best practices that go along with that, but um, I can see a situation where when the coronavirus does pop up again, they decide to close all the theaters down in China and the United States. And then, of course, that delays the film out even further. Now, I don't want to see that, um, but I also don't want to see a situation where we reopen those theaters and we send everyone back and we allow people to go back to the movies prematurely and then, you know, the virus comes back and then uh, a lot of people get sick. A lot of children and, and older adults start becoming sick again. Um, so I don't want to see a situation like that. So regardless of whether they actually delay it further uh, into like maybe 2021 or something, um, they're going to get my, I'm like Travis, they're going to get my money regardless. I'm going to go see it regardless of when it comes out. So that's not a big issue for me. Now, one thing that I would like to see, and I think a lot of the people in the fandom would like to see, is if they would just go ahead and release it to streaming services like a lot of other places are doing. I think Disney already has released several films in their um, catalog that are newer films that were in theaters or are currently in theaters to the Disney Plus streaming service. Uh, and they're allowing you to watch that for either uh, the purchase price of say, I want to say like 15 to $20 or, um, you know, a rent it or a fee to rent it um, temporarily. So I can see a situation where Warner Brothers and Legendary would release uh, Godzilla vs. Kong to streaming services, which I wish they would do just to go ahead and get it out, um, get it out to us. But I also see that uh, they're wanting that general public audience to go to this film. I'm afraid that if uh, if they delay it even further, you know, maybe the, the general public that was kind of on the fence about the film just loses total interest in the film. So, you know, we've not seen any marketing. We've hardly seen any marketing material 
for this film. And I'm, I, really, I don't even know if the general public even knows that this film is even coming down the pipeline. Uh, I, I think it's mainly just the fan base that is re that really knows that this film is coming. Now I could be wrong about that. I could be that could be a misread on my part, um, and I can. But I can also see why Warner Brothers and Legendary they want that China box office and they want that United States box office. So if you know the the running theory is that uh, Godzilla vs. Kong is sort of the last stand for the MonsterVerse. If Godzilla vs. Kong fails uh, to, ex to meet or exceed expectations, the MonsterVerse is over. Um, to that, I'm going to say, you know, it's a possibility. We don't know what's coming down the pipeline uh, for the MonsterVerse. There will, I, I have a feeling that there's always going to be some Godzilla content, some King Kong content, that's going to pop up. I mean, I'm not worried about that at all. Toho will bring us something. But as far as the MonsterVerse goes, you know, I, I can see why people would say that the Godzilla versus Kong is, you know, sort of the, the last stand for the MonsterVerse to be successful. So um, do I want it to happen? No. Um, do I see a situation where it does happen and then maybe they push to streaming? That would probably be the best case scenario. Um so I guess uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, really, everything's sort of up in the air right now, just like a lot of other things. It's just sort of uh, it, we're just sort of this we're in this time period where we just have to wait and see. I mean, it, it's a really terrible place to be because you know there's a lot of unknowns at this point, um, and you know we're in that really honestly, there's more important things to worry about at this point than Godzilla versus Kong, but. In the context of this podcast and the fandom itself, yeah, I mean, it, it is a, it's a concern. But uh, as for me, anyway, like I said, they're going to get my money regardless of when are they, whether they release it in November, release it to streaming, or they push it back to 2021. They're going to get my money regardless. I'm not worried about that. Uh, now, for me personally, I have got a lot of stuff here to keep me entertained, even if they do push it out. So I've got movies. I've got a ton of movies. I've got... Uh, I've got a lot of books. One book in particular is the official Godzilla compendium that your producer Jimmy was so, so kind to let me borrow um, after my after my little visit to Ogasawara Island. So yeah, that's been a fun thing to kind of go through and uh, there's a ton of interesting notes in that book, to say the least. So uh, with that, Nathan, thank you so much for being a friend of the podcast. Thank you so much for your question. I'm looking forward to uh, talking with you uh, via Kaiju Quarantine uh, next week on the 4th and 5th. So yeah, thanks a lot, man. Um, the next question comes from our actual uh, co-host of the podcast or host of the podcast, Travis. Um, well, Travis, aren't you supposed to be in quarantine right now? Uh, aren't you supposed to be held up somewhere at an undisclosed location with your comic books and Daisy the Podcast Cat and maybe possibly some food and water? I, I don't know. Um, but uh, Travis uh, wrote in uh, via the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, uh, which is the official unofficial Facebook group of the podcast. Uh, and Travis's question is, uh, what's one Kaiju collectible you wish you could have and what is your most treasured collectible? Uh, well, Travis knows that I'm a I'm I'm part of the the collectors community of the collector side of kaiju, 
so that's a that's an awesome question from you, Travis. Thank you so much, man. Um, to answer the first part of your question, what is one collectible that I wish I could have? Um, well, it was it was only within the last year or so that I've become really serious about collecting. I've always been sort of a a hoarder collector. I've always had that sort of hoarder collector mentality growing up, but it's only within the last year that I've become serious about it. So, uh, you know, 2017 through 2019, I did miss out on a ton of, of really great stuff. And so far, and, you know, during this time, during that time, I've kind of, I started out with NECA and SH Monster Arts and kind of moved away from that. And I've focused my attention on X Plus and model kits, uh, vinyl model kits um, of the different kaiju. So, um, what is one item I wish I could have? Oh man, that's a tough question because there's so many on my wish list or, you know, my grail list at this point. Um, uh, well, okay. I'll, I'll, the first one that comes to mind is the 50 centimeter model kit, uh, designed by Yuji Sakai. It's of the Godzilla 1964 and that's Musa Goji from Mothra vs. Godzilla. It's a 50 it's a 50 centimeter vinyl kit uh, put out by M1 and that thing is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. It is film accurate. It looks fantastic. If you've not seen it, um, go ahead and Google the M1 1964 Godzilla vinyl kit by Yuji Sakai. Um, and take a look at that thing. It is it is gorgeous. I wish I could have it. Um, right now, I think the price tag on that thing is has shot up astronomically on the aftermarket. So it's a little bit out of my reach at this point. Hopefully, one day I'll be able to. Um, hopefully, one day I'll be able to scrape some pennies together and and get it in in house here at the uh, Kaiju Groupie Outpost. Um, <clears throat> another collectible that I think that I wish I could have. Oh. Well, well, okay, so I've always wanted some kind of representation of the 1954 Gojira, uh, specifically the 1954 storyboard version of Gojira. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, go ahead and Google um, storyboard Gojira 1954. Uh, and basically it is the design, it was the proposed design of Godzilla before we wound up with um, the official uh, Gojira or Godzilla that we know and love today. Now it's a really interesting uh, take on on that on that kaiju, and uh, there's been some uh, figures and some um, uh, collectibles produced that depict it. Uh, I know of one that came out or a set that came out maybe within the last year or so. Uh, really veteran collectors would probably be able to correct me on this or tell me the exact time of when it come out but um, it's this little it was these little Safube um, <clears throat> vinyl figures and they're super colorful just like a lot of the other Safube figures uh, there's like a, a, a hunter green version there's a really beautiful ruby red version it looks like a it um, it just looks like a ruby I mean it's so bright and colorful and, and shiny it's very pretty ooh shiny um, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, but yeah, I, I wish I had some kind of representation of the 1954, uh, storyboard Gojira in my collection. And, you know, I've often thought about, uh, getting in, getting in contact with, um, 
with Mark Sang-Yang. And if you're not familiar with Mark, he is a phenomenal sculptor and artist and painter of all things kaiju. Uh, his work, uh, there's been a lot of people within the kaiju community that have contacted him for work. I know, uh, you know, my friend, my buddy, my friend, uh, and fellow kaiju groupie, uh, Cody Kirsch of Cody's Kaiju Customs on Facebook and YouTube. Um, he has had work done by Mark. I think his project that he had done by Mark was a, um, uh, 1962, a 30 centimeter 1962 King Kong uh, that he had produced uh, or he had made by Mark that that went alongside or scaled well with his uh, X plus 1962 Godzilla. Uh, it turned out phenomenal. Uh, I've, uh, uh, Cody I think has a review of that particular sculpt on the uh, at least he has an unboxing of the. Um, of the of, of the King Kong himself and it the thing he he has pictures up on his on the Facebook and on the Kaiju Groupie Facebook uh, of that King Kong and it is beautiful. Mark did a fantastic job. Uh, others that have contacted Mark for work are Phil the Kaiju King, uh, Kaiju Tuber, and uh, Leslie Chambers Kaiju Reviews. Leslie uh, Leslie I think had Mark do a um, a gigantic rose form Biollante to go alongside his gigantic X plus Godzilla 1989. And that thing is phenomenal. Anyway, uh, yeah, Mark, Mark does custom work and I've often thought about, um, having Mark, uh, create something for me. Uh, and one thing, one project that I did have in mind was, um, you know, having Mark do a storyboard Gojira from 1954. So that, I think that would be, be probably be fun. Um, anyway, to answer the second part of your question, I know I'm running a little bit long on this one. Uh, what is the, what is my most treasured collectible? Well, my most treasured collectibles is actually, um, <clears throat> a set of books. Uh, these are the, um, Godzilla novels, written by Mark Saracini. I think they were written back in 1996. I think I'm looking here. Yeah, 1996 and put out by Random House. Um, and, you know, the artwork is phenomenal. The artwork is actually by, I'm looking on the back cover here, Bob Eggleton, fantastic artist, uh, beautiful, beautiful books. I've read uh, Return of God or Godzilla Returns rather, um, and I forgot how much I really enjoy these. I'm in the middle of Godzilla 2000 right now, and there's a set of four books: uh, Godzilla Returns, Godzilla 2000, Godzilla at World's End, and Godzilla versus the Robot Monsters. And these, the reason why these are so treasured to me, are is because they were a gift from my mom. Uh, I got, or my mom gave me these brand new, brand spanking new, back way back, back in the 90s, uh, when I was just a young lad, when I was just a wee kaiju fan, uh, she gave me these books, um, and they're just these, these awesome little paperback novels, I think you can still find these on the internet, on eBay and Amazon, but you're not gonna pay the, how much were these back in, uh, uh, $4.99 US, $6.50 Canadian. Yeah, you're not going to find these for these price anymore. You, I think I was looking on eBay one day because I was curious about how much they actually go for now. And I believe uh, they're anywhere between $35 to $65 and up per copy. So they're currently out of print and they're very hard to find. 
And if you can find them, they're very expensive. And I'm just so fortunate that I still have the original copies that my mom, God rest her soul, uh, gave me when I was a child. And so that's something that I treasure. It's something I'll hold on to for, for, for many years to come. And I don't ever foresee me ever getting rid of them. So thanks a lot, Travis, for that question. I appreciate you, man. I hope you're holding up well during your mandatory quarantine, and I will see you very, very soon. Okay, so moving on to the next question. Uh, the next question also comes from the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. Uh, it is from Jason Brett, and Jason writes... <clears throat> How would you describe the tone of the original 1954 Godzilla film in two words? And then he, and then uh, Jason goes on. For me, it would be apocalyptic dread. I don't think any of the films thereafter captured or resonated that foreboding feeling. Even the other films, uh, Godzilla 1984 and Shin Godzilla, uh, or Shin Gojira, um, where Godzilla is the antagonist, did not uh, represent these themes. And so, uh, yeah, I, Jason, I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you uh, a little bit. Um, I think you're probably, I think you're, your and I's answer is pretty well going to be, they're going to be very, very similar, where yours was apocalyptic dread. I'm going to say that my answer <clears throat> is is going to be, uh, apocalyptic hubris and basically by that I mean just excessive arrogance with uh, grave consequences so you know speaking strictly of the kaiju himself speaking strictly of Gojira um, you know he was seen as something that was birthed or created or awakened uh, by man trying to wield such enormous power such as atomic energy and also you know uh, man trying to um, control mother nature so so yeah that you know got you know in the film in the original film Gojira you're gonna have a mix of uh, you're gonna have a lot of different themes happening that's gonna play into that apocalyptic dread or, or apocalyptic um, hubris excuse me um, such as you know themes of war nationalism and others um, and you know there's a lot in the film that I don't have time to unpack here during this episode, but uh, if you're interested, there are a couple of other podcasts who have explored this film and who have uh, touched on those on those different themes. One of uh, the first one that I can think of is episode one of the Monsters vs. Men podcast with Eric and Alex, and they do an awesome job at unpacking the film from a perspective that shows how influential the film was and sort of from a historical perspective, sort of what was going on at the time when this film was being made. Um, uh, another great podcast to listen to if you want to hear some commentary uh, about this particular film is episode one of the Kaiju Apostle, and that's uh, David and Chris. Uh, that's David and Chris's podcast, and they're a fantastic podcast. They're two seminarians, and so uh, they tackle these films from sort of a theological perspective, and so they go into sort of the theological, socio, uh, socioeconomic, I'm, I think, uh, aspects of the original film, uh, which is super interesting. Their commentary is is well worth 
the listen if you have time. I don't think it's a super long episode, but it's super informative, really interesting. I love uh, both the Monsters vs. Men and the Kaiju Apostle podcast. They're both fantastic. So if you're not subscribed to those, go ahead and subscribe uh, and enjoy them. So yeah. Uh, A couple other resources that I want to point out to you that uh, could help you uh, you know, understanding the original Gojira film um, are the biography of Ashira Honda, a life in film from Godzilla to Kurosawa, uh, and uh, a critical history and filmography of Toho's Godzilla series. Uh, both are <clears throat> fantastic books, and I think we'll try to put links to both of those in the show notes, and so you can uh, go on Amazon and look for those. So yeah, those are well worth the those are well worth the listen to those podcasts and those books are well worth the read if you're interested in in, in learning more about the uh, idea and and philosophy behind the original uh, Gojira film. <clears throat> so moving on, uh, Ben Colton from uh, via the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group writes in and he says. Um, If you had to choose one obscure monster movie, whether it's American, Japanese, Polish, or any other nationality you can think of, what monster movie would you say deserves more of a spotlight than than it already has and why? Uh, How did yourself discover and find out about this movie? Uh, Well, Ben, thank you so much uh, for your question, and thank you so much for being a... Uh, great part of the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. Um, I, I would have to say the first film that comes to mind is uh, Yongri. Uh, I believe the full title of Yongri is uh, Yongri Monster from the Deep. And it's a, it's a South Korean film produced in 1967. Uh, and it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, I know that it's, it's fairly well known by the kaiju community. It's, it's referenced some. I've seen it pop up uh, here and there in conversation. Uh, and it is reverenced by a lot of uh, kaiju fans, and uh, but it, I don't feel like it gets the the spotlight that it necessarily deserves. Now, now, granted, it's not uh, you know, granted, it's not. I would say, in my opinion, in my opinion, it's not as good as say what maybe Toho was doing uh, with the Godzilla franchise at that time. I think it's direct. I think Younger's direct competition at that time was. Um, uh, Son of Godzilla, and from Daie, it was, I want to say, Gamera versus Gauss. Uh, I don't have that information right in front of me, but I'm sure if I'm wrong, someone will correct me. Uh, But I'm pretty sure it was Gamera versus Gauss, and I know that it was um, uh, Son of Godzilla that was being produced in 1967 so yeah that i feel like youngery doesn't get the respect that it necessarily deserves because like i said it is a fun film it is a fun kaiju movie i mean is it the deepest film no is it uh the most well-constructed film no is are the effects a little bit cheap cheaper at least than um than some other uh, giant monster movies at that time yes but I will say that it's still a great film to watch if you're wanting to get into uh, kaiju films outside of Gamera and Godzilla and sort of the main line of kaiju films. It's it's fantastic to watch. Now, as 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 for uh, where I discovered it, um, 
I want to say the first time I watched this film was when I was a child, like a sort of a sort of a young age. I was probably either preteen um, or elementary school level, I want to say, and it was on. And I want to say it was on the old AMC network. Uh, probably at the you know given given how this film is, it was probably on at like uh, some obscure hour, say maybe around midnight, one a.m. or or super early in the or super later in the morning or super early in the morning, say like around five or five thirty a.m. when at a time when they just needed to fill a spot with something. And I want to say it was a part of, uh, or it may have been even a part of what AMC or TMC was doing. You know where they would try to show uh, a giant monster movie. Like I want to say every Thursday or Friday. Um, I think so. I'm not a hundred percent. If anyone else remembers remembers that, just please let me know. Uh, but I then rediscovered Yongri later on, at least fairly recently. Whenever I was doing research for this podcast, and I was getting and Travis asked me to do an episode with him, and it was going to be my very first episode on Kaiju Weekly. Um, and so I was researching. I was researching films outside of the mainline kaiju films at that time uh you know sort of what toho was doing and daie and, and others and so i came across yongri and thought it was an interesting film uh it was definitely on my list of films to do and i think it's still on our list of things to do we've just not gotten to it yet um but i discovered it i think i found it on archive.org is where i watched it i, you, I think you can find both the english dub and the south korean version on archive.org if not i want to say that you can find the english dub version which was the one that i watched as a child i think you can find that on youtube uh, actually i think you can i think you can still find the full movie on youtube now i i can't attest to the quality of the film um i think it's fairly good quality i want to say the, the version on youtube and the version on archive.org uh, but if it's something you're interested in, uh, Ben, go ahead and, and look it up if you haven't seen it already. Now, I know a lot of folks, like I said, have seen it and do respect it. Um, but yeah, but if you haven't, look it up. You, like I said, you can find it on archive.org or you can find it on YouTube, I know, because I just saw it the other day when I saw this question come through. So yeah, if you're interested, go watch it. Uh, also, I want to mention some honorable mentions of kaiju films that maybe you or some others might be interested in. Um, uh, this one, the first one is The X from Outer Space from 1967. This one was made in Japan. Uh, that one's a fun kaiju film to watch. I know uh, Gilala, I think that's how you say its name, um, is an interesting kaiju and it, it actually is a very beloved kaiju within the community i know there's a lot of collectibles that are made uh with its likeness and it does have a fan base uh so that is the x from outer space from 1967 uh the next one i'll mention is reptilicus from 1961 this was a co-production uh from denmark and the U and the united states uh i remember um i remember watching reptilicus as a child because I was big into dinosaurs uh, when I was a little boy, similar to pretty much I'd say everybody in the kaiju community was interested in dinosaurs. But anyway, I was sort of, I, I think I remember flipping through the channels and seeing this film um, called Reptilicus, and it was this giant dragon like snake monster, and I thought it was so cool. And at the time, I just thought it was just really cool 
really fun movie. Um, now, watching it later on, uh, I came to realize that, you know, it's it's okay. It is. It's, it's okay. It has its place in kaiju history as sort of being just this fun movie that it's this cheesy, guilty pleasure of mine. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention it here as something interesting to, as something interesting to bring up because it did, uh, come from another country and that was Denmark. So, uh, the next one here on my mentions list is Gorgo. And we've actually covered this film. Steven and Travis covered this film on the podcast. Um, it's uh, from 1961, and it was produced and it was brought to us out of the United Kingdom. And Gorgo is absolutely one of my top favorite giant monster movies. Um, I've seen this one probably I've seen this one probably a dozen times. It used to come on the old AMC network uh, from time to time, or the old TMC network uh, during like monster movie marathons or Halloween. Uh, marathons or, or something like that and I've seen it before and you know I, I watched it a few months ago uh, back when uh, Stephen and Travis did their episode on Gorgo and it just and it, I still appreciate it to this day it's a lot of fun uh, I recommend that if you haven't seen it and I don't know of anyone who hasn't seen Gorgo within the within the kaiju community uh, because it's one of those pretty well-known kaiju movies uh, so, but if you, but if by chance you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's Gorgo uh, from 1961. Uh, I believe you can find, you can rent it from Amazon Prime, or maybe it's included with Prime. I know I watched it on Amazon, but I can't remember if I bought it, rented it, or just streamed it because it was already available. I want to say it's already available. So if you have a Prime account, uh, it's there for you. I think you can find a copy of it on archive.org uh, or um, you can watch it on YouTube, I think. Some of these films are, are put on YouTube uh, by these random accounts. But if you if you want to if you use YouTube a lot and you want to search there, uh, by all means do because I, I think it's there, but I'm not 100% sure. But I know it is. I know that it's on Amazon. Uh, so the last one that I want to mention uh, before we move on to the next question is an act is actually a Ray Harryhausen film, and you know if you've listened to this podcast how much. Um, uh, Travis and I really love Harryhausen films. Harryhausen films uh, were extremely influential to my childhood because uh, especially the dinosaur films, um, like Sinbad, uh, the Sinbad series, the, I think the trilogy there with Sinbad and you know Clash of the Titans and Valley of Guanji and The Beast from 20,000 Phantoms, all of those are fantastic films. Uh, but one that um, is sort of another guilty pleasure of mine, uh, although it does, you know, it does have some fans within its within within the community, and that is the is that is twenty million miles twenty million miles to Earth. Uh, I'm getting a little tongue tied now. Um, from 1967, uh, it's a great film. Uh, I haven't seen it in several years, but I I do have it here in my library. Um, but uh, basically, the premise is this: sp this ship flies from the United or from from the U.S. from Earth rather to Venus, and then they bring back a rock, which turns out to be an egg uh, that hatches, and this beast emerges and grows, and then wreaks havoc in the community. So you know, it's um, you know that trope of 
that trope uh, has been done over and over and over, but I think this is one of the original films to do it, and it's super interesting. The kaiju himself is really cool looking. It's this mix of like uh, like a dinosaur, uh, lizard person slash um, uh, shoot the the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, it's just a really interesting looking kaiju, really interesting looking monster slash alien. Um, and yeah, it's just really, it's just a really good movie. It's one of those guilty pleasures. It's one of those, it's one of those films that I do not mind, uh, sitting down and watching on any random occasion when I'm in the mood to watch a Harryhausen film. I think it was originally produced in black and white. I think there's since been a, uh, colorized version, uh, similar to what they did with It Came From Beneath the Sea, which we reviewed here on the podcast. Um... So yeah, if you, you if you can find it, I think it's available on Amazon. I don't know about any other. Uh, I know it's available on Amazon in like Blu-ray, DVD format. I don't know if it's streamable. I don't know if you can stream it or rent it. Uh, I want to say yes, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But I know you can purchase it because I do have a copy uh, of it here in my uh, film library. So so yeah, if you can find it, watch it. It's great. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Uh, excuse me. Okay, moving on. Um, our next question comes in from Twitter, and it is from Frankie B. Washington, and his Twitter handle is Frankie B. Wash. Uh, and Frankie's question is, <clears throat> are there any kaiju-related comics out there? Who are the writers and the artists that are doing kaiju-related projects? As a commercial illustrator who loves drawing kaiju and giant robots, it would be nice to let the fandom know that we're out there in the wilderness. And yes, I 100% agree with you, Frankie. Uh, I have seen your work, and before uh, I get a little bit deeper into this into this question, I just want to give you a quick shout out and say I love your work. It's it's I just I love everything that you produced. You seem like a extremely fun guy to hang out with. I wish I could. Um, but again, I just love your work. I think your art style is fantastic. It, it's big and bold and just kind of out there and just over the top. And I, I love it. Um, but as for some other kaiju artists and kaiju, you know, kaiju related comics, uh, another artist that comes to mind is Xander Cannon. And you can find him on Twitter at Xander underscore Cannon on, uh, on Twitter. Um, and he produces an ongoing comic called Kaiju Max, which is currently which currently has six seasons. Uh, you'll be able to find out more about Kaiju Max at kaijumax.com. Also, um, there is another comic that's been plugged by friend of the podcast Nathan Marchand at the Monster Island Film Vault uh, called Batman Meets Godzilla. It's the Lost Project uh, from the year I'm not sure what year it is. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a huge comic guy. Uh, Nathan and that's more of Nathan and Travis's territory, so I'm not gonna be stepping too deep into that because I'm afraid that they will come back and rebuke me. Um, but if you're interested in in the Batman Meets Godzilla, you can find more about that project at BatmanMeetsGodzilla.com. Uh, another great uh, kaiju artist, another great comic book artist uh, within the community, and he's also a fellow Kaiju groupie. He's part of the Kaiju groupie Facebook group, uh, is Dakota Morgan. 
Uh, he's the author of Kaiju, op, uh, I'm sorry, Operation Kaiju Shield, um, and he publishes uh, artwork from that comic pretty regularly on his Instagram channel. Uh, and his Instagram handle is Dakota underscore Morgan 97. Uh, and that's on, like I said, that's on Instagram. I'm not sure if he has a Twitter handle. I'm sure if you look for that, um, if you look for Dakota underscore Morgan 97 on Twitter, you might be able to find it. But I know that he does produce content for his Instagram page. Uh, and last, but certainly not least, I want to mention uh, Lisa Nafziger, who is a fantastic artist uh, within the kaiju community, and a fantastic. And it's great to see a, uh, a great female voice within the uh, kaiju community. And I love her art style. It's you know, it's it's col it's colorful, it's fun, it's bold, and it's just fun. I know that she did. A, she's recently produced a ton of work um, where she's basically she took a bunch of questions and asked which uh, kaiju tag teams would you want her to draw. And so she's been producing those and putting those out on her Instagram channel. Uh, she also produces a webcomic called Taking Back Toku, uh, which is which she publishes um, parts of every Tuesday. And if you want to follow that webcomic, you can go to takingbacktoku at tumblr.com. Um, also, Lisa was recently featured on an episode of the Kaiju Apostle podcast during their Building a Bridge miniseries, which is a great, great conversation uh, between Lisa and David. Uh, we learned a lot about her and her background and, and how she got into the world of Kaiju and Tokusatsu. I recommend anyone um, who follows this podcast to also go follow the Kaiju Apostle and, and especially listen to those Building a Bridge episodes because it really does speak to the heart of what we're even attempting to do here at Kaiju Weekly and through the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group where we're just trying to bring people together uh, over Kaiju and just trying to have some fun and have great discussions. And it was a really great discussion with Lisa and David. Uh, Lisa produces some fantastic work and I recommend that you follow her on all the socials. And she is Lisa Nafziger on both Twitter and Instagram. That's L-I-S-A-N-A-F-F-Z-I-G-E-R. Uh, Lisa Nafziger. She's fantastic. Give her a follow. Thanks, Frankie, for that question. I appreciate it, man. And, and keep up the great work. <clears throat> so I have one more question um, that came in, and this was also from the uh, Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, the, the unofficial official uh, Facebook group of the Kaiju Weekly Podcast, uh, and it is from David H. Tidy Jr., and David asks, <clears throat> What monster would you pick to fight the giant claw in a versus movie? Well... David, that is a very awesome question, and I believe it was touched on briefly by um, Travis and Stephen during episode 14, where they did cover the giant claw, the, where they did cover the film itself, the giant claw, and I, I believe at the end of that episode, Travis and Stephen, uh, well, Stephen rather, decided to pick or put the uh, giant condor up against the giant claw, and the and the giant condor is the is the bird that was uh, that did battle with Godzilla during Ebera, uh, Horror of the Deep from 1966, and you know after a lengthy debate, uh, they both decided to give it to 
the giant condor. And I think the, the, the idea behind that, the idea behind giving the condor the win there was um, because the condor was able to take a atomic breath blast to the face and not explode. So I think that was why they went ahead and gave the win to the giant condor because honestly, we just don't know if um, if the giant claw would be durable enough to take a blast of atomic breath uh, from Godzilla himself and survive and um, sort of survive to tell about it. So, um, so yeah, so you know that was their answer. And as for me, uh, the kaiju that I would put up against the giant claw in a versus movie, hmm. you know what, I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and take it one step further and throw fairness completely out the window and say that I'm going to put the giant claw up against Baragon uh, specifically the 1965 version of Baragon from Godzilla, I'm not sorry, from Frankenstein versus Baragon, a.k.a. Frankenstein Conquers the World from 1965. Uh, and in that film, if you've watched it, you'll recall that Baragon, he does have his fondness for poultry uh, because he did totally clear out an entire chicken coop. Just saying. Uh, so I think that Baragon would not have a hard time with the giant claw whatsoever. Um, and, you know, since Baragon is the official unofficial mascot of the Kaiju Weekly podcast, we always have to make sure that he gets a win. Hashtag justice for Baragon. So there you go. Uh, Baragon versus the giant claw. That's my answer with, of course, Baragon getting the win in that exchange. <clears throat> so that was our final question uh, that I have to answer. And before I go, I do have a trivia question that I want to give you guys. Uh, this episode is coming out in between episodes. And so... Um, uh, we want to make sure you'll probably hear this question uh, more, uh, more than once already. But this episode is coming out in between episodes, and I'm going to go ahead and give you that trivia question now. And it is: Which eccentric film is currently the only one to feature both comedy legends Steve Martin and Bill Murray? Um, so yeah, there's your question. We're going to post that question to all of our social medias. Uh, we're going to post it to the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. We're going to post it to Kaiju Weekly's Twitter. I'll make sure to share it on all of my uh, Kaiju Groupie um, social media handles. And speaking of social media, if you guys have a question, comment, or just a general um, thing you want to tell us or email us about, you can do so by emailing the podcast at kaijuweekly at gmail.com even and if you have an answer to this trivia question uh we will give you a shout out we're gonna like i said we're gonna post it to uh the kaiju groupie facebook group and all of our social medias uh and so it can be a funny answer it can be a serious answer it can be the correct answer if you know it um 
It can be the wrong answer. It doesn't matter because we're still going to read the answer live on the podcast. We're going to give you a shout out uh, just because you took the time to give us an answer. And so we appreciate you getting involved with us and getting involved in the conversation. And we want to honor you for that. So, so yeah, just give us an answer. It doesn't matter what it is. You can email it to us at kaijuweekly at gmail.com or you can answer within the conversation on all of our social medias. And speaking of our social medias... Uh, you can follow Kaiju Weekly on Twitter at Kaiju Weekly. You can follow uh, us on Instagram at Kaiju Weekly Pod. Uh, we're always also we're always hanging out in the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. If you didn't know that already, uh, the official unofficial uh, Facebook group of the podcast. Uh, if you go to Facebook and search for the Kaiju Groupie, uh, we should be one of the top searches. We're around I want to say twelve hundred. Um, 1,288 people at this point. So, you know, we're not going to be very hard to find. Um, and so we have a lot of fun there. A lot of the discussions that go along with this podcast are happening within that group. Uh, so be sure to join and uh, have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of great discussions in the coming weeks as we ramp up to this um, kaiju quarantine and thereafter. Um Shameless plug, you can follow me, the Kaiju Groupie, on Twitter at Kaiju Groupie 54. And you can also follow me, the Kaiju Groupie, on uh, Instagram at the Kaiju Groupie. So with that, that concludes our episode. And as always, I want to remind each and every one of you to help control the giant monster population. Have your Kaiju spayed or neutered. Thank you so much, guys. I hope to see you on uh, our Kaiju Quarantine uh, Discord server, and I hope to have a lot of fun with you. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Take care. It's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I haven't left my house in weeks. Everyone is being so socially distant right now. I think I'm going mad. I think I'm going crazy. I think I might have cabin fever. Never fear, Kaiju Groupie. Your favorite podcasters are here. You don't have to face these trying times alone. We're inviting you and fellow Kaiju fans to Kaiju Quarantine. A mega monster movie marathon. Featuring informative and riftastic commentary. From the crews of your favorite giant monster podcasts, Kaiju Weekly, The Monster Island Film Vault, Kaiju Conversation, Gargantucast, Monsters vs. Men, Tokyo Lives, and Kaiju Transmissions. We'll watch Kaiju classics old and new like Godzilla vs. Gigan and Raigo, King of the Sea Monsters. So join us on our Discord server April 4th and 5th at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time for the epic event of the spring. If it keeps the Kelax from destroying us all, I'm not missing it. Let's do this. Once again, that's April 4th and 5th at 2 p.m. Central. Kaiju Quarantine, come together right now over kaiju